This is a Sharp Old Hat podcast, and my name is Chris. I had the great pleasure and privilege to meet a man who I can only describe as a true character. Educated, reflective, witty, and full of stories. Well, no wonder, because he's been around. The evening before we recorded this podcast, we discussed the meaning of the word random at length. It was great crack altogether. This is a conversation with Jerry Liddy. <laughs> You, where did you grow up? You grew up in Belfast, isn't it? I, yeah, I grew up in Balnehinch in Aye. County Down. All right. Went to school in Belfast. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of like where you spent all your youth, like? I, well, up until, I would say from about 11 to 18, mm. most of the social life yeah. and school life was all around Belfast. Yeah. I live like 15 miles south of Belfast. All right. Miles south, but everything happened in there. So it was more like, um, your house was more like suburbia or rural? House was rural. Yeah. And, but life happened in the city, like? Absolutely. All right. Any life that was happening yeah. happened in the city. Like any life? I mean, what are we talking? We're talking like 1950s. <laughs> We're talking... Like um, we're actually talking the 60s. Mm. That was all during the 60s that, that all went on. Yeah. Right. And then I left. I left. I left Ireland and went to college in Manchester. All oh, right, yeah. In 69. Yeah. That was, the, that was the start of moving out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have been, what, 18 or something like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And how did you like Manchester? I liked Manchester. It was... Great life, college life was great. It was all a lot of drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of drinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's college yeah. for you. you know? Yeah, well, it kind of was. It was for us. It was for me anyway. Just it was escape yeah. from home. Well, of course. From nobody asking you what time you were coming in and nobody asking yeah. where were you. I had plenty of money. I always worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that was it. Yeah. But then after Manchester, like when you finished college, did you go back to Ireland or <laughs> did you stay in England then? What happened after that? I go, I came back, I got a job in Ballymurphy. You know what Ballymurphy is? No, I don't. Ballymurphy was a ghetto, probably still is, but it was a, it was a Republican area. Yeah. And it was well back then, man. This would have been 73, yeah. 72, 73. I worked... It was my first teaching job. Yeah. And um, I got hijacked one morning going to work. What do you mean hijacked? I got hijacked on the Donegal Road, which was a place that you could be, you wouldn't have been too sure who was hijacking. You, uh, right? So my car and me were captured. Fuck's and sake. driven to a house <laughs> and uh, told to... You know, just sit there and everything will be all right. But that was all the reassurance I got. Uh, uh, so that was that was a messed up experience, yeah. man. Um, so you didn't want to stick around then? No, that started all for me, man. I would say that was about. I would say that would have been about three or four months into the school year, yeah. and um, uh, 
I, I don't, I, I probably didn't recover from that psychologically. Yeah. Do you know? Because of course, like that's. I mean, part of the. You know, what's going on? Yeah, it was everything about it was kind of mess. Everything about it, in my reckoning at the time, yeah. was all messed up. Because you're a young lad, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. and um, the so they gave me the keys of my car, and told me where it was, right? <laughs> and they had my license, and they yeah. said, if we ever hear anything about this again. Know who you are. We know where you live. Fuck we know so. who your family is, yeah. and it's not going to end well. Ooh. So, so then when I went back to get my car, yeah. you want to hear this story? Mm-hmm. So when it goes back, this was kind of like the little things that kind of change your life, and you have really nothing to do with it. Yeah. To use the word random, yeah, right. But you've got everything to do with it. Yeah, you know, even if what happens. Let's say is random, just to use that word. Um, uh, it's how you react or how I reacted to the event that gives the event its importance and its effect and its consequences. Yeah. Right? So anyway, I go to get my car back, and at this time it was very, oh, it was very common for cars to be booby trapped. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm like looking under my car. I'm opening the door. I'm opening the trunk. I'm like standing back like this. I'm looking in the hood. I'm, look, I'm checking the whole car out. So anyway, got my car back. And um, the, the, the thing about it, another little messed up thing about it was they would use the car. Kind of, I never knew why. They could, they could use the car to rob a bank. Yeah. They could use the car to move explosives or guns or whatever they yeah. wanted to use a car yeah. for, right? So you, you, I didn't know if the car, what it had been used for, who had used it, yeah. and what it was used for, or if it had been seen, leaving the scene of a crime. So yeah. the situation that I was in was if the cops picked me up I said, oh, your car was such and such a place on Friday morning. Where were you? And then you were in the pickle. Right? I don't know where I was. Yeah. And then Fuck. I couldn't give them information yeah. about where I was and any descriptions or anything like that yeah. there. And so if I was even, what's the word, like kind of instant, accidentally linked with the guys who took the car, then I was like, so your life changes in that moment. Yeah, so I couldn't, you passes. couldn't report it, and then you're sitting waiting yeah. for like just hope till for the you're best. no longer waiting yeah. till you forget all yeah. about it, which like sometimes doesn't really happen. That's what I'm saying. So I left, I left Belfast three or four months after, and yeah. went to the states. Yeah, spent a year there. Um, that was New York, was it? That was New Jersey. All right, just across the river. Yeah, New York area. And um, that was a that was a good experience, yeah. but I was an illegal immigrant. All right, yeah. Like many, I would have imagined, yeah. like just fly over, work on the building sites, and never kind of go through the paperwork yeah. and all this, and overstay your tourist yeah. visa, that sort of thing. Couldn't get paperwork. Yeah. Tried everything, and and it was I was making good money, but I could see I, the bit that I didn't like about that was I couldn't move in and out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just didn't like that. Yeah. Couldn't see a future in that. 
But I suppose when you're young, you have a different perception of things anyway because you're only responsible for yourself. You have no yeah. kids, no mortgage yeah. to pay, nothing yeah. ties you down and such. But at the same time, if you um, think of a place where this is actually um, a place where I could have a future, where I could see myself yeah. in 20 years' time, then obviously you want to you know, put the right yeah. processes in place like to have that. And you didn't have that then. So, and then towards, I think it was around about the Christmas time, I, I, applied, I had applied for a job with the John of Gods. Have you ever heard of the John of Gods? Well, that's the Catholic Society, uh, isn't it? Religious order. Yeah. And they work a lot with alcoholics, yeah. mental people, and uh, mentally retarded kids. Yeah. Have, we used to have six or seven schools around the country. Yeah. Don't know what they're doing now. And uh, anyway, I had applied for a job with those guys before I had left. Um, and that meant moving from the north to the south. After the hijacking, I wanted out of the north. Yeah. And um, applied for this job in the south, didn't get the job. And then six months later, they sent me a letter saying, hey, if you want that job, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So I came back and uh, said, you know, I'll check that out. Yeah. And that brought me back to Ireland for one year. Yeah. And then I met uh, the, my baby's mama, mm. right? Um, she was a nurse in the hospital. I was working in the school. Uh, she was working in the, in the hospital. So me and her hooked up and she was, she was a married woman. All right. Right, this would have been seventy four. Yeah, so that that's the time homosexuality was illegal. You couldn't buy condoms, that sort yeah. of thing, like which yeah. is unthinkable now. Yeah, like, but yeah, and nobody was checking up with anybody yeah. back then. Yeah, I wouldn't say nobody, but very, very, very only real like reprobates would have been yeah. at anything like that yeah. back then. And anyway, so we did what a lot of people did. We went off to England yeah. to enjoy the promiscuous. Society, yeah. peace and quiet. Yeah. So that took me to London for three and a half years. Yeah. Where about in England did you go? London. To? London, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And then how did you, did you come back to Ireland then? Or did you? Her, three and a half years later. Because you're moving around. It's so fascinating. Like, huh? you know, you're moving around an awful lot, like, throughout your life. And I, that's so I had fascinating. To fill in, like. I had to fill in a job application. Just recently, actually, for a job teaching in a prison. Um, and it was a federal prison. So you had to go through all the places that you'd lived. Oh, there's a lot of vetting kind of. Uh, what did you do then? I had been in 26 different places. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and that was only the ones that I could remember. Yeah, yeah. Right? So anyway, where, where, where was I there now? That was... So you were so in London. You, yeah, when did I come back? Yeah. So her father got ill in 77. Yeah. And he lived in Dundalk. Right? All oh, right. And by that time, the first baby was born. Yeah. She, yeah, she was in the first year. Yeah. And uh, so we came back to Dundalk. Yeah. Um, to kind of, it, it just brought us back. She wanted to look after him. We didn't know how long it yeah. was going to last. Which was fair and, enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. And as it turns out, it didn't last that long. I don't yeah. know, maybe six months or something. Yeah. And uh, then I got another job 
in Selbridge. Okay. Yeah. Working with the John of Gods again. Okay. Right? And that lasted, I'd say, about eight or nine years. Oh, that long? Yeah. Living yeah. in Kildare. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's hard, like because uh, when you say twenty six places you could remember, there are always periods in that. Uh, we we'll get to the other job in America later, but yeah. uh, that's that's a big chunk. Oh, like. there was several so, big chunks. So 20, 26 places would like span if you really condense them into a couple of weeks. It's yeah. exaggerate here, but yeah. it's just whoa. Yeah, well, it was a lot of moving around. Yeah. Serious amount of moving around, yeah. and um, the. I remember when, when, it, when I'm going to skip forward a little bit. We we went. Where did we go after after Kildare? We came back to Dundalk, mm. stayed there for about six or eight months. Yeah. Got the job down in Kildare. Was there for about eight years. Yeah. Left there. Went back to England, the north mm. of England this time. Spent a year there. Okay. Then. Um, Ended up in Belfast for one year, a year and a half, maybe. Then came back to Dundalk, <laughs> right? Uh, that would have been about 19, maybe, 89, yeah. 1989. Came back to Dundalk. She was from Dundalk. She, she really wanted to be back in Dundalk. But that's the great thing when you have a job that you can apply in many different places. You know, maybe teaching, maybe an electrician, you know, stuff you can basically carry with you. Whereas um, some people, say, for example, lawyers, they cannot just um, up sticks anywhere they want and work anywhere else mm -hmm. unless you work as an employee in a, in a firm. But if you have your own kind of business or you specialize in a particular field, like it's very difficult to move from, let's just say, Ireland to Australia, just like that. You know, so teaching is probably something that really lends itself to that kind of lifestyle. It did. I, had, I did three and a half years working i did what one year in belfast mm. teaching a year in in county Louth outside yeah. dundalk um then from there to london three and a half years with the inner london education authority yeah. teaching again um i got what did i i got 10 years in new york <laughs> right and lived in the same house up there for 15 years all right. Yeah, that was my longest ever. Yeah. <laughs> that, was the long, that was the longest I had yeah. ever spent in one house. Yeah. Was that New York City? or No, I don't know it was in York. a house, a place called um, Rochester, New York. Oh, right. I heard of it, but Lake I don't know Ontario, New York at all. 350 miles or so from yeah. New York City. 350 miles? Yep. Oh, that's still New York. Telling you, <laughs> Jesus, that just goes to show how big the country is. Like, yep. in Ireland, we don't really have like Dublin is um, two hours away. That's, right. That's how we measure it. Like, it is not even the distance attached to mm -hmm. it. Like, and it used to be like three yeah. hours away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, with the motorway, yeah, it just yeah. cut an hour off, but that's how yeah. small the country is, like, you know, from one into the next. Like, so, so you went then from, um, you went back to Dundalk and then you were in, um, Selbridge for um, eight years or something like that. Yeah, nine and years. Did you then go to America straight away? No. Then I went to. Um, then I went to. I should say really, I got. I I was I was growing my own weed back then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. I'm very self sufficient. Yeah. I regarded myself 
as Ireland's smallest farmer. <laughs> I, had, I had a third of an acre yeah. and I had goats. So we had goat's milk for years. Cool. And I had chickens. Yeah. Right. So I was there for eight years. But when, 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 People found out about the weed thing, man. They took a very dim view of it. This would have been in 1989. Yeah. 88, 89. Yeah. And um, I, that really, that kind of put the kibosh yeah. on my excursion into Irish rural life mm. as a respectable member of the community. Oh, yeah, you would, you would See, back be... back then, teachers actually had a certain viewed. respect. Right, I don't know whether they still do or not, um, but back then they did. So it wasn't it wasn't a good thing to get your name plastered all over the newspaper. Well, and it's inherently dangerous because number one, there's the criminal criminal aspect to yep. it, which other people may talk. If you just do it for your own personal consumption, that's all fine and well, but um, you might piss off some other criminals who don't like that at all and um, obviously there's the legal aspect on it as well um, if they catch you you might have a bit of a problem you yeah know? yeah so that moved me on yeah. I have to say yeah. um, and then I went to I went I went to work for buddies of mine in Manchester for yeah. a year then they promoted me <laughs> it was just one hellhole to the other hellhole yeah. I was really a Stock on shelves in a warehouse. Yeah. Uh, it was a glorified. It was a terrible job, man. I'd imagine what needs most. I mean, it was awful for me. <laughs> anyway, um, that lasted. That last. I actually got my. They were my friends. They actually fired me out of that job. <laughs> my buddies fired me. And Are you then, still friends? Huh? Are you still friends? Actually, I have I, 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 I have certain regret that they took it badly. Yeah. I didn't take it badly. I would love to bump into them, but it never really, they never, as a matter of fact, I had one conversation with him afterwards and he says, I just wish that you were anywhere but here. Well, yeah, I right. suppose you weren't cut out for the job, hence you didn't deliver for the employer. And um, there's a friendship, fair enough, but yeah. it just didn't work. No. For, for nobody. Like. No, no, <laughs> no. So that was a kind of a sad ending, yeah. that I have to say. Um, but who knows? And maybe it'll still, you know, I maybe bump into them again sometime. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so then, then I got fired out of that, and then I went... That was working for a company for greetings cards. Mm. They were wholesale greetings cards. And then I decided that I would put a van on the road when we moved out of Dundalk, and I would go into the retail, um, wholesale greetings card business, selling into stores. All right. Yeah, so I spent four years doing that, beating the highways and the byways of... Ireland, yeah. Anywhere from, anywhere from Dundalk to Sligo. Yeah. So that's essentially before Amazon, because you just load your van up with whatever you have. In this case, greetings cards, and you basically just roam the shops wherever you can flog right. your wares. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. So I did that for about I'd say three to four years. Yeah. But that actually must have paid then because I mean car insurance was never cheap in this country petrol all the rest of it like um, if you're doing it for three or four years that in itself may not made you 
may not have made you a millionaire, but it must have paid for what you needed. Like it paid for what I needed. Otherwise, you give up after two yeah. months. Like you know, yeah, yeah. it paid yeah. for what I needed. Yeah. But in the end, I got to hate it. Yeah. Right. Um, it was it was my first attempt at entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. The very poor money manager. Yeah. Very poor. Right. But anyway, that lasted. That lasted. That lasted as long, say three, four years. And mm. in that time, my relationship with my baby's mama yeah. had deteriorated. Yeah. Right. That would have been probably that would have coincided with the last five years of that relationship, yeah. which lasted twenty years. So I was on the road morning and night and I also thought that if I just kept working every hour that God sent I'd be okay yeah but life doesn't work that way obviously and it didn't yeah. work that way right so 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 I was trying to get out of that business and I couldn't get out of it right part of the problem was you can't sell your stock down right like you yeah. needed 18th birthdays, 21st birthdays, everything from one to 21, just as an example. Yeah, yeah. Baby cards, girl cards, everything, right? So you couldn't go into a store and say, oh, I've only got baby boy cards. Oh, what Lord. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Do you see? So I had to keep going yeah. back to top up my stock and try and get it whittled down to yeah. nothing, yeah. right? And and I, I did that for about, about six months, man. And I kept going and trying to buy only a little, but it wasn't working. It's fucking heartbreaking because you yeah. want out, you know you want out, and you can't get out. So in, the, in, in between that time, I hooked up with this American chap yeah. who was doing telemarketing, selling gym membership. Yeah. And me and him, I went to work with him. Yeah. And me and him had this adventure. That's what brought me to Galway. Yeah. I lived here for three or four months. And... Um, Anyway, we worked with him for six months and then I decided his job of selling gyms was over. Yeah. He was going back to the States and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to get in my van, I'm going to load it up with the cards and I'm going to go around the country and I'm going to sell them cards and I'm not coming back mm. till they're all gone. Yeah. Right? Or I get it down to and an amount that I can walk away from. Yeah. Do you see? So then, um, so by that time I'm living on my own. I'm living up yeah. in, in um, north of Dundalk and just, just a couple of miles outside Dundalk and but I was living in Galway, right? So, so I'm up here, Galway was over here and I'm on the road and it goes out. There was one little stop, sells 30, 40, 50 euros worth, yeah. whatever it was. And then I came to another little town in, oh, if the name will come to me maybe before I finish talking, but it was down in Meath. And it would have been almost equidistant from Galway to where I was living in Dundalk. It was kind of like halfway. And I had this room. I still had my hotel room in Galway. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, this woman, I says to her, she says, what do you got? You got any bargains? I says, I got bargains all over the place. I says, but I'll tell you this, you've only got one shot at it. I'm selling everything yeah. and I won't be back. Yeah. So she says, well, then I'll buy everything. She's only this little Mickey Mouse shop. Brilliant. Was it Kalugan? Don't think it was Kalugan. Anyway, it'll come to me, like I said, but maybe not today. Uh, anyway, she, she bought everything in my van, yeah. every single card. She even bought my little calculator with a <laughs> typewriter roll thing on it. She oh, yeah, yeah, I remember my price that. gone. She bought it all, man. And here I am. I'm cleaned out, finally rid of this millstone around my neck. And you have and, the money in your pocket had, to travel. Maybe, I think maybe I had maybe a grand or something. I'd sold it all at half price. Yeah. Right? But even at that, I was still making money. So I was as happy as Larry. So I had I had a choice to make. This is like two o'clock in the afternoon. I could go over and stay with my buddy in, in Galway. Mm. And his mother was coming to stay with him just for a few days visiting from the States. Right? Or I could go back up to Dundalk, halfway in between. Couldn't make up my mind. So I took out my trusted coin, heads, it's back to Dundalk, and tails, I'll go to Galway. Right? So I went to Galway. Right? And met this guy's mother. And me and her, man, for whatever happened, call it whatever you like I'm not going to call it anything I'm just going to say he used to say our eyes locked <laughs> right that's how he put it and that's not a bad way of putting it yeah. right and um, so from that moment on man it was she became a piece I was actually I went off to the Iron Islands for six weeks yeah just after that and she we, we just bumped into each other. Like, we were just hanging out. We weren't yeah. doing anything. We weren't even holding hands or nothing, man. We were just, we went to the movies with in a group. She had her sister-in-law with her, right? So there was me and him. He was 20, he was about 24 maybe at that time, right? Young lad. Like, she yeah. was 57 and her sister-in-law, she was there. So anyway, we were just hanging out for a few days and she was leaving on the Friday morning. And I was leaving on the Friday morning to go to the Ireland Islands. I had already decided <laughs> I had this house to stay on and just check this place out. And I, I, we, we were leaving at different times. And I went down, I left her a wee note in the hotel reception. Mm. And when I went down to leave her the note, she had left me a wee note. <laughs> right? So we didn't actually see each other when she was leaving and right. I was leaving. But we had, notes had crossed over. And then, then I went off to the Iron Islands and I started to write to her. Now I was living on the end of the island. The post office was like seven miles in Kilcronan, Kilcronan someplace. I don't know what yeah. it's called. Anyway, uh, that's where I had to go to post a letter. Uh, so every day, every day I would write her a letter. I don't know why I was going to write a letter, but I wrote her a letter every day. Right? You should have held on to a couple of those cards you flocked. <laughs> well, anyway, so, so, and about a week afterwards, right, I started getting letters from her. Yeah. Do you see? But she wasn't responding to my letters. 
because my letters back then were taking about a week. Oh yeah, it sure took a long time. It's not yeah. like email, you know. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah of course. About a week to actually back then. They actually mm -hmm. take longer now. You, the mail back then was faster than it is now. Um, might be so, but I'm just thinking. International mail. When was the last time that I actually wrote a letter? Well, I couldn't tell you that. Well, I, may remember, I, 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 I don't even want to think about it. But let me finish yeah. this story or forget. Is so, so let's say a week later, I got her first letter, and her first letter had no mention of anything that I had written, and then I got her second letter the next day. So, without any agreement, I had been writing to her every day. And she was writing to me every day. <laughs> so eventually the, the letters caught up and we knew what we were doing. Yeah. You see? So, so and I'm still with her. Grand, great woman. Great woman. Um, so that set off my American adventure. But hold on. Before we get into this, because yeah. we met yesterday for the first time, but yeah. you have to tell the story uh, what you told yesterday, what you actually did in Galway. Oh, the, the gym membership? That thing? was hilarious. Oh, the telemarketing? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, you were the first around, you said. Like yeah, well, as far as we knew, we were the first. I mean, back then, man, websites were just starting off. Yeah. And, and me and him were both looking for something else to do. Really. Yeah. But we weren't really computer literate. You know, we were, we were modern enough to know that yeah. computers was the next yeah. biggest thing yeah. and that there was no end to it. I mean, anybody with half a brain could figure that out yeah. in 1994, yeah. right? So we were thinking about going into the website business or something. Mm. A lot of people had started doing that. Anyway, in the meantime, we're selling gym membership mm. and we're, we're, um, we're, we've got four phones mm. or four phones, two, whatever we had, we organized phones and normally back then it could take you six or eight weeks yeah. to get a phone in. We had our phone in in a few days <laughs> and we were all hooked up and we were had our phone books. To yeah, those the things. yellow things like We yeah. were going through everybody, yeah. everybody in Galway got a phone call from <laughs> us, everybody. And they were being offered gym membership for a quarter of the price. Yeah. So... That's and that was, and so we were living in a hotel. We started off living in a very nice B and B. They got gym membership for. We got bed and breakfast, right? And uh, then we're we're driving down the uh, what's it called the Salt Hill Road there. The, you know, by the prom, like the prom, yeah, right to where the office was. Yeah. And I looks over one morning. I says, Ronnie. You need to go over to that hotel there, man, and get us a couple of nice rooms mm. overlooking Galway Bay. Well, it's beautiful, yeah. Right? A day or two later, he goes in, he sells them the gym membership, and <laughs> us two rooms. <laughs> bed and breakfast. Sorted. In what was then called Murray's Hotel. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, and the first night we were there, there was a dance, but we they gave us two rooms above the entrance, oh, which yeah. was to the side. Yeah. Two o'clock, three o'clock yeah, in the morning, like, like, coming uh, out stinking drunk, uh, everything was going. Uh, so we complained. Uh, Got two rooms in the front, and we were there for just must have been there for yeah, six or eight weeks. Yeah. But, that job in. Uh, 
But I like the way we talked about it yesterday because uh, when you say you sold the gym membership for a quarter, like, and I was living in Berlin and all over the place, like yeah. at the time, I said, Jesus, I would have bought um, in at various stages of my life that gym membership yeah. for a quarter because the business model is so beautiful. Um, the gym makes money, you make money selling it, and whoever buys the gym membership for a quarter of the price, which it usually was, like, goes there the first week four times, pump and iron like a madman. Yeah. The second week, go there twice. The third week, something happens, you don't go and you'll never go back again. So people made money, people got the free gym trial, overpriced then obviously in retrospect, but they could have gone. Like I could have gone, I never went back. And I did that three or four times in my life and I always thought after two or three weeks, I oh, fuck this, like, <laughs> it was beautiful, a beautiful business model. <laughs> It was. It was yeah. a very good. It was. It, yeah. It was. It was. And it wasn't a scam. Like I could have gone to any of those gym sessions, but I never went. No. And that's I, in the yeah, nature of yeah. us all. Like of most of us. Fuck this. Like that's yeah. boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so your American adventure happened then when you wrote the letters to each other. Yeah, and so then I went out to visit. I went out to visit at say the end of February. Uh, now, I'm still living in Dundalk at this time, right? Um, I had a little apartment up in Dundalk. And um, uh, I went out there for the full three months that the visa lasted. Mm. Right up to the last day. And uh, that went, oh, that went seriously well. Yeah. Right? Um, and then I had to come back. And then I came back. And was was around from the end of April, and then went back again to the states about eight months later, and never really came back yeah. except for visits. Yeah, ended up getting married. That was during the George Bush time, and I kind of had to get married. I'd never been married before, yeah. but it, the only way I could stay in the states oh, legally yeah. was to actually get married. Yeah, so. This time around, as opposed to when you were a lot younger, like 20 years prior to that or over 20 years prior to that, um, you had your paperwork in place, all docks in a row, and you went about it sort of the legal way that you could actually set up shop and life in America. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah there, was no, there, was, no, there was no other option. Yeah. Either. I mean, you can be illegal, but I'd done the yeah. illegal thing. I didn't yeah. want to do that yeah. again. But where in America was that then? That was in Rochester, New York. Yeah. And that's where I stayed for the next 15 years. All right. But you ended up, did you, and that's where you went back teaching, is it? That's, I went, I spent about two years thinking about going back to teaching. Yeah. That's where I went. Yeah, I, I'd been out of teaching for the best part of 10, 11 years. Yeah. Well, with the greetings cards and then going to the States. Um, I did a long-distance truck driving thing. Oh, right. uh, I became a massage therapist. <laughs> I, I was pretty, I was pretty, oh, threatened by the idea yeah. of getting teaching qualifications in the States. Oh, is that, does that take another effort? Like, even after having been an experienced teacher for so many years in Europe, um, you still have to obtain different papers, like... Yeah, right. here you see, you can teach here with 
back in the day with a certificate in education. Mm -hmm. The states you had to actually had to have a degree. All right. And I actually didn't have a degree. Mm -hmm. I had three years of college. Yeah. Right. And another year of post college yeah. in St. Patrick's in Dublin. But strictly speaking, it wasn't a degree. Okay. Right. Diploma, certificate, call it yeah. like. So the idea of getting teaching again in the States was rather daunting. Yeah. Right. But anyway, I started that and it took me, it took me about a year and a half. Really to settle back into it again. Well, to actually pass the exams. You had to do state, state exams. Oh, you had to do it again. I thought it was more a process of getting that acknowledged. Like, look, at I did my certificate and which equates to something like a diploma because that was obtained, say, 25 years ago. So you really had to go back to college and pass well, exams. Well, no, no. You, you could get the, the foreign qualifications yeah. kind of like verified and they would accept it or yeah. not. But then you still had to do a state exam. Oh, which right. was like 400 questions oh. that you had to answer, yeah. A, B, C, or D. Yeah. Um, and the book for it was like <laughs> three inches thick. Like a phone book. like uh, Yeah. yeah. Oh. So anyway, I did the, it was a two-part exam. Yeah. I, I never expected to pass it because yeah. the book was shite. Yeah. It's just I couldn't be bothered with it. It was just shite. Right, and I decided I'll go in, I'll try the exam, and at least I'll find out what I need to do yeah. to pass this. You know, if I get like twenty percent, then I'm gonna read the goddamn book, yeah. right? Study the book. Yeah. Well, if I just miss it by a few points, I'll just breeze through the book. That was the plan. Anyway, I passed the exam. <laughs> I, I passed the exam, and it was the same. I actually even remember that they we're doing. The, I even remember the, the name of the place. You did the exam in the teacher, where the teacher, the trainee teachers of that year did their final, it was their final exam. And it was like 400 people in this big auditorium all doing this exam, right? And as I said, I think it was four hour exam, whatever it was, right? So, and, uh, if you, when you, if you were finished early, you just put your hand up, they came, sealed your book, and you slid off. Yeah. Right? And you couldn't leave before an hour. Right? Okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm writing away crazy as hell. And, and then after about an hour, people were leaving. Whoa. After an hour, they're uh -huh. leaving. Right? And that's every time somebody would leave, it would cause a little bit of commotion, you know, because one of the proctors had to come over and, yeah. um, you know, sign you off and seal your book and stuff. And like getting that. off the chair. Anyway, and I'm thinking, like, yeah. Jesus, how the fuck am I going to finish this <laughs> with everybody getting up and leaving? Yeah. And that was the last thing I remember, right? Till I heard somebody in a voice saying, You'll have to stop. You'll have to stop now. Time's up. Time's up, yeah. right? And I looked around the room. There wasn't a single person <laughs> in all 398 people had left that room because I was so freaked out about getting yeah. this, concentrating yeah. and getting this thing done. So anyway, I passed it and that was, yeah. uh, that was, that was, I'd never been as concentrated on anything yeah. in my life yeah. as I was that day. 
What's well, autopilot after all? You don't know what's going on around you, like you know. Yeah. It's like with, yeah. with people I don't know, golfers, starts players, and all yeah. this. Once they get into the zone, like yep. you know, um, anything around them could be on fire, like mm -hmm. literally on fire. They're in the zone and they just go about it like that's the mm -hmm. height of concentration. Like that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And then back into teaching in Rochester, yeah. Then I got back into teaching, got a few funny little jobs, and and I ended up in a high school. Oh, what a high school. Uh, I had a couple of nice little interesting jobs, but the high school, man, I had, I, I remember the first six weeks. It was so horrendous. Like in what way? In the discipline in the schools, the whole system was not anything I'd been used to, right? Um, uh, it was, it was, it was, can I describe it? Uh, an example, uh, it was kind of run like a prison. Okay. But there was no control. Right? I don't really get that. All right, so... I mean, you have rules and all that. There might there be was rules, strict, yeah. But anyway, the, it, was, it, was like, it was a madhouse. It was the biggest school in, in this city. Right? There was two and a half thousand kids in the school. That is big. Balnamore didn't yeah. have two and a half thousand people in it back then. And what kind of a socioeconomic background are we talking about? Is that kind of oh. middle class or no. everything? Oh, no. or is it inner more? city, inner city and most of the kids came from a zip code that had the highest unwed mothers okay. teen pregnancy zip code in America. Okay. And also Rochester, in the, at that time as well, also had the highest murder rate, violence, of cities of that size in the States. Okay. So it was quite the... Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Yeah, that's in my ear. All so right. So, um, anyway, after six weeks, I'm in, I come home one day and I said to the wife, I says, um... If this doesn't get any better, I'm going to have to quit. I don't think I'd ever quit a job. <laughs> you know, up until then, I had lots of jobs, but I'd never actually quit because yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And, um, but my problem was I couldn't, I didn't see why I had to force kids to do things and punish them mm. if they didn't do them. That's how the system worked, mm. right? And I thought, you know, if you don't want to do it, I'm okay with it. Just sit over there and don't bother me. Yeah. We're good, you know? And eventually hoped that the kid would get on board. But um, so, so I, was, I, was, I was causing problems in the school because I wouldn't engage in what they called consequences. There had to be consequences. And it was a lovely word, consequences. I don't know what the fuck consequences were. What's consequences? Consequences is just another word for punishment. But they wouldn't use the word punishment. But it's enforcement would, of rules. Totally. That's what it is. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, I just, I was never able, I just, I don't know what it was about me. So the rules. Because I was a terrible student myself. And I knew that punishing me wasn't going to really That doesn't, that doesn't make done, you want to learn. You know? Like, you know quite so, the opposite. So, um, anyway... The, I, was be, I would be letting the kids away with murder, really, and hoping that they would just... I was trying other things that wasn't really working. 
But one day, um, I'm talking to a guy, one of the teachers, um, at the at the copier, and I, he was asking how I was doing. I said, "Oh man, it's not really working. My system here is I don't I can't get into your system, yeah. but my system's not working, right?" And he says to me, "Here's what you have to do." And he opened the door, and he and he said to me, "What you have to say to the kid is." You don't want to punish him, right? He says, but you have to tell him. You tell him you love him very much, uh -huh. right? And you open the door, but you got to go. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? Well, it was the answer to all my problems, actually, because he was right. The system isn't working, so it's not that you're being punished. It's just this isn't working for us anymore. Yeah, but the, the idea, it sounds like the way you describe it, it, is that it's actually a system that's designed to fail. That is basically just a glorified babysitter. In other words, just keep the skitters there till they're whatever of age when they can leave school, entertain them, but just don't really bother with them. It was even worse than all it's, of that, man. It, they actually used a language that was like prison language. Um, you know, it it was preparing inner city kids for prison life. Uh -huh. it's, it's really what it was doing. There was the and here this this little story may give you an example of what the how useless it all was. They 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 had a hat rule. Nobody was allowed to wear a hat. Okay. Now back in thirty years ago. Every black kid and every black person in America wears a hat. Don't yeah. ask me why they wear hats, okay. but they're all into hats. Not That's all. That's what of them, it is. 80, 90 percent yeah. of them just they're all wearing hats. Good. And so the kids be wearing hats. Anyway, so I got to because I was working with the kids who were I ended up working with all the kids who nobody else wanted to work with. Yeah. Right? They would dump them into my room. Yeah. Right? And so I see this one kid and I says, hey man, what's he doing? He was in the, uh, what would they call it? Um, it was the after, the suspension unit. Okay, yeah. I says, what's you doing here? He says, oh, Mr. Liddy, oh, man, I was wearing my hat. <laughs> right? Okay. And they give, they give me a week here. So suspension means they have to stay on for another couple of hours after school. They have to stay in this room all day doing, and they're not allowed doing to go what? to class. Huh? Doing what? Just reading books, fiddling, whatever it was. So it's basically you just have to stay in your yeah, cell yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's it. There's no Pretty purpose much. That's to what I'm saying. Yeah, it, was, it, was like, it was like trainee prison. Yeah. And oh. anyway, so the kid, he says to me, I says, come on, man. You don't tell me to put you here for a week for that. He says, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, well, I, okay. So what happened? He says, I was standing down in such and such a place with my new lid on, uh, right? And um, Mr. So-and-so, the English teacher, came up and told me to take the hat off. Okay. Right? And he's, I, I told him to go and fuck himself. <laughs> okay, now I see the suspension. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know? And I says, you told him, I says, yeah, I, it was a nice hat. And I didn't like the way he told me. He could have asked me. I didn't like any of it he says. So I just told him straight. 
right? Now, and he, but you see, the kid, the kid had no understanding of yeah. why he had been suspended from school. Yeah. He thought it was because of the hat. He hadn't made the connection that it all went shite yeah. when he told the teacher to go fuck himself. Of course. Do you see? Yeah, yeah. So it was, we weren't teaching him anything. It was, yeah. it was a madhouse. I lasted in that house. I lasted in there, man, 10 years. And, and, and it was, I had a great, I had a good system going there too. Yeah. I had, as like I said to you, I flew onto the people who flew yeah. onto the radar, <laughs> yeah. right? But it must drive you mad. Like, I mean, you were talking about all those jobs you did, like, you know, and some you like better than others. At the same time, it's needs must, like you yeah. work for money that you can pay your bills, like, but uh, doing something for 10 years, um, which you kind of lose all heart and belief in, I couldn't imagine doing it myself. Like I, I would have done things for maybe two years. I loathed, but two years would have been the absolute maximum. Like after the first few weeks, man. After the first six weeks, it actually I got I got to see how I could make it work. Yeah. Right, and that's where flying under the people who were flying under <laughs> the radar. So I I I I kind of managed to cut out a little system for myself, yeah. which lasted. Really, only about eight years. The it's last two years, now. they kind of shut me down. Yeah. Right? They made me, they tried to make a, a teacher out of me. <laughs> they tried to make me a person who was, who was able to teach people stuff yeah. that they didn't want to learn. Yeah. I suppose there's bit of a problem for you as well because at that point you are probably um, older than the people who are telling you like significantly older and have a lot I mean a lot more life and professional experience and then being told by some you know yeah absolutely 27 year old like absolutely. dude absolutely. you have to do this absolutely so why absolutely. Is that? and it was very difficult for yeah. me to it's very difficult for me to have anybody telling me what to do mm. Right, but to have somebody with no real experience—I yeah. mean, I, by this time I'd been—I I was qualified to teach, and everywhere you go, you have to get re-kind of certified. Okay, you don't have to go back to school, but you have to go through an inspection process. Kind of a vet. Usually, it lasts yeah. a year. Yeah. I had—I'd gone through this process in Belfast. I'd gone through it in the Republic of Ireland. Mm. I'd gone through it in the Inner London Education Authority in London and they yeah. thought they were the shite altogether. Yeah. Right? And here I was qualified in three countries and these these people are trying to tell tell me. Yeah. Me? Yeah. That's sort of a problem. Yeah. That was a problem for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. So but anyway, I, I cut a good few good years out of that there, mm -hmm. man, just working with kids who once once you're able to find out what they actually are interested in. You know, um, and and talk to them like you're not trying to change their whole. I mean, a simple way. Now, you, I could never have had this kind of conversation with, let's say, a supervisor sitting there, where like if a kid was, let's say, not behaving very well, and I would say to him, like, man, he, he said, I had this room, that was kind of like an alternative to the suspension room. Yep. Just before a kid would throw his wobbler, they would send him down to me, we would process him a little bit, but before he could get into the room, yeah. 
he had to agree to do something in the room and he, he got a choice of painting, drawing, um, uh, little activities like that. Or if he didn't want to do that, he could do nothing at all. Which is probably the hardest thing to do. Well, but he didn't know that, right? <laughs> so if you want into the room, that's those are your three choices. Yeah. I can't remember what the other ones were. And he says, okay, well, then I'll do nothing at all. I says, that's the deal. You're going to do nothing at all, right? Okay. <laughs> and you weren't allowed to mess with anybody else or uh, irritate anybody just else. sit there. And you'd shake hands on it and come in. And I had a rocking chair. That's the nothing chair, uh, right? So... Then, then you'd get them in and you'd talk about what, what, what happened and what brought them up mm -hmm. there and, and different things. And um, a lot of the time, like for example, it would be that the, the kid hadn't agreed to do what it was he was going to yeah. do. So for some of these kids, man, the lesson could be, if you, if you can't agree, if you can't follow through on what you agree to do, then you're probably not going to be much use to anybody at any time ever in your life. It's as simple as that. If you can't give your word and keep your word, even this is the bit now where, where you could relate to people in a way that wouldn't have been, let's say, appropriate. Appropriate was another word, man. I used to hear the word appropriate a hundred times a day. I hated the word. It was a word I'd never been used to. I don't know if we use it here now, but in Ireland, appropriate was a word that was never really used. I use it right? all the time, and it's the most subjective word well, anyway, you could think of. Whatever, I had successfully yeah. avoided it up until this time. And anyway, you could say to your kid, hey man, if you want to be dealing drugs out in the street, if you can't have a good product and you can't stick by what you're saying, you're not going to last. You're just not going to last. So it's the same with everything else. So you come into this room, you, you, that's, this is what you're learning. You're not learning to be a drug dealer. You're learning to give your word and keep it because you really don't have a whole lot of anything else. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I had all these lessons like that there. That, so it, it, was, it was good because it, it, they liked it and I liked it. Yeah. In at least they had a chance of hearing something that might be of some use to them. Yeah. They weren't interested in history. They weren't interested in oh, sure. algebra. Oh, algebra. Oh, God almighty. I used to have to go and sit in these classes. <laughs> and I probably mean, the basics missing yeah, already. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, that's shitty enough. Like, Kids that didn't know who their fathers were. Yeah. Didn't know who their mothers were. Yeah. Young women being raped on the way to school. Yeah. All sorts of things. Oh, fucking horrible. Yeah. yeah. They didn't need me pushing them around. Yeah. But um, so after that, then, um, was that then the last place before you ended up where you are living now? That was the very last place that I ended up before I moved to Phoenix, yeah. So Arizona, how does one get to Arizona? Don't tell me by car. Uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, you okay. think of 20 okay. places or all 50 right, places so in this, America. Arizona isn't one of them. All right, so this kind of takes me back to the almost to the beginning, really. Okay. Is the guy that I was doing the telemarketing with in... Uh, Galway. Galway in 95, 96, right? When his mother came to visit him, 
I ended up marrying his mother. Yeah. Right? And so he was living in Phoenix. And fast forward to 15 oh. years, he got married, had three three children, yeah. who are now really my grandchildren. Yeah. My wife's grandchildren, strictly speaking, but my grandchildren as well. And I was totally adopted into this family. Everybody called me grandpa. Right. I was I was an instant grandpa. Yeah. Right? And it was kind of like it was an interesting thing for me because I never had grandparents. Yeah. Right? So so that's what got me out there. So so in the 15 years that we're in Rochester and those kids are getting bigger. The wife and I would go out and visit during half terms and stuff like that there. Yeah. And um, so we're, we're out there uh, at least once, twice a year yeah. visiting. Because uh, me and him used to still hang out. Yeah. Would you actually just, would you drive there on your visits or would you fly? Sometimes we would drive and sometimes we would fly. That, that's a bit of a hike then as well, isn't it? For a drive? Yeah. It's a, it's, it is a drive, but I... Do you break it up into a couple of etapps? Like, I, it would take you... It was 2,300 miles. It was yeah. three hard driving days, yeah. four comfortable ones, yeah. and five you were a tourist. Because it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it is a long drive. Aye, but I mean, it was a, it's a great country to drive yeah. across. Yeah. It's like Ireland is a great country. I don't know why anybody would fly from, from Belfast to Cork if you could drive. I, I, I would, I, that I doesn't mean, make sense. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. But I mean... Look at this, the barren, the, the ocean, the mountains, yeah, the hills, yeah. the whole thing, the forests. Sure. Why would you want to miss it? Yeah, but driving for four days, say, you only have a limited amount of holidays, like, and you spend yeah. um, half your holidays on actually getting there I where actually, you want to go. I like. actually rode twice across country on a motorcycle. Left to right, yeah? Left to the right. The whole East lot, like, yeah. Twice. Because Great. I, liked, I liked the country, I liked yeah. to see it. What kind of a bike did you have? I had a BMW 750. Right. Yeah. With the big the, the big boxer That's engine. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. So you you were uh, you were saying so you visited a couple of times there whenever you could. And the the, the last time we were leaving. Well, that wasn't actually the last time we were leaving. But one of the times we were leaving after visiting there for like 10 years. Um the we called into Ronnie's house to tell him, you know, we're on the way to the airport. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. And the wee girl came out of the room and said, oh, Grandpa, where are you going? I said, oh, we're flying back home. And she just grabbed me by the leg mm -hmm. and was crying yeah. and wouldn't let go. Yeah. So that was, that was very, um, uh, that was very, I mean, like I said to you, that was, that's the first and last moving, time. Like anybody cried when I was yeah. leaving town, yeah. right? That I can remember anyway. Yeah. So um, so on the way back over in the plane, I said to her, I said, you know, we should spend more time here. I, I, I think we should maybe come and live here. Yeah. And she says, oh, no, no, no. You've only five more years to do in that school yeah. till you get a decent pension. Yeah. And I started to think about that. Five more years. I'm 60 now that stage that could be it yeah so I decided I was going to quit and move to Arizona and give it a yeah. shot that's like Arizona is not on the top list of destinations in America and you're there now for about 13 years or something isn't it yeah I'm there 13 years now yeah. 12 or 13 years 
it's you know it's that's not quite true there's a lot the arizona is arizona is a bit like this area here it's a bit like galway clare this this area here has an energy to it that attracts germans dutch and and that's not a new thing that's that's always been like that yep. there's something about the west yeah and this particular section of the west, at least that's how it seems to me maybe that's not maybe that's bollocks but you used to know kinvara from back in the 70s i knew kinvara from yesterday. back in the 70s but yeah. i i mean here's the thing man here's the thing and I, nobody's ever been able to answer this you go out to inish more right there's a fort out there have you ever been out there um, no, I don't think so. Anyway, there's a fort out there called Dune Angus. Actually, I did. That was about 25 years ago. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a fort out there called Dune Angus, and it's got like three walls yeah. of fortifications. Yeah. And at the back of it, it's a cliff. Yeah. You're not going anywhere, man. Yeah. If they get through those three walls, you're toast. Yeah. Right? There's a boat journey that I, if I remember correctly, is maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's it? short and you come off the boat and that's how I remember it because we rented a bicycle. We had to go through all those people that were offering lifts and horses and carriages and, and, and a couple of cars there as well. And it took us about 20 minutes to get off the boat, like getting past all those ah. people who were touting their business. Yeah. And then we rented bicycles and that's how I remember that. Anyway, it wasn't this, a pleasant this boat is like either. powering across the water and the waves and... You're on the Atlantic and all yeah. the rest of it, right? And um, you can imagine like five or six or seven hundred years ago, mm. the hassle it was oh, yeah. to get from uh, Kilronan, I think it is, is it Kilronan? To whatever, to get from the coast of Galway yeah. to the island. You have no motorboats, yeah. little like dinghy thing, things. Yeah. And these guys left wherever they were yeah. and they went out there yeah. I mean who was after you yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> who, that's, who, that's the question really like, who wanted you yeah. that bad that they were going to go to all that trouble of following yeah. you out there so anyway that, that's something that I, I still don't know I'm sure there's a reason why they went there but it was kind of it, it's kind of apropos of what has gone on here yeah. you know and I think it's is it was it who was it the guy was it Yeats? Who was the guy? Who, ah, the guy who wrote the Iron Islands book. What was his name? I he died know. at about 35. I wouldn't know. Singh. J.M. Singh. Okay. I John Millington no Singh. He, he came out. He was fascinated by this country. And he yeah. wrote a book about the Iron Islands. Mm. And he was some government guy who toured around the West. Mm. This is a super interesting place. Yeah. So... Arizona is a bit like that. Arizona is like the Wild West. People walk around with guns. <laughs> People walk around with guns strapped to their leg on a Sunday morning market yeah. where they're selling, you know, yogurts and yeah. brown bread and jam and yeah. cheese and shit, and they're walking around ready to shoot somebody. Well, it's so, we're not used to it in Europe at all, like. Just the thought alone. Yeah. Like, anyway, Arizona, it's, it's, it's an odd place. It's a, it's, it's a desert place. Yeah. It has everything. It, it is, it's an inland state. It's a desert state. And apparently it is the highest number of boats owners per head 
in the States. Now, I could have just made that there up. I don't mm. know. But there's all sorts of funny things. It borders Mexico. Yeah. Right? So you're right on the border there. And it's it's got a wild history, man. It's, it's, it's wild. And it's still, it's still a bit like mm. that. But it's bloody hot there, isn't it? Uh, it's, I mean, really hot. It's 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 brutal in the summer. Like you, you were June, telling me July, yesterday how August. you went across the road in yeah. your bare feet. Like, yeah. it's just unthinkable. It's fifty plus. Like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, Rochester had a had a very brutal winter. Yeah, right. And I mean, man, you 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 could wake up in the morning and you were shoveling that white shit for three or four <laughs> hours just to get your car out of the driveway. Yeah. You know, there was actually one of the better jobs I had as a as a student, like was um, shoveling snow, yeah. because what you did in Berlin was always hit and miss, like whether there will be a lot of snow or not. So you basically got your contract with um, or your subcontract with one of the contractors who are shoveling snow in a particular area. And if it's not snowing, you got paid regardless. And if right. it's snowing, well, then it, tough luck, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think I went out, I had a job like that probably three winters, and I may have gone out once. You know, you have a you have a rota as well, like it might be snowing for a week, but you had that week booked off, so someone else is taking that particular week. So in three years, I had to go out one night and shovel snow. And the rest I got paid for because it wasn't snowing, like, but it was hit and miss. And Rochester, obviously, they get more liable of a really tough winter. I, well, this, funny enough, the same thing could happen there with the, yeah. with the, with the guys who were the snow players. They would have the, the contracts. It's a bet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... Anyway, so, you know, you like there was four months there where it was cold, it was icy. That was actually one of the things that kind of nearly put me off Rochester in the end. I was walking with dog. I was in the wintertime and they had black ice all over the place. Yeah. Right? And I fell one morning, just feet went from under Ouch. me, down, landed on the back of my head. Yeah. Right. And, um, and the same day that that happened, some physician guy in New York City, the same thing happened to him. He slipped on the black ice, cracked his skull, and that he was toast. He was never... Oh, fuck. He was killed. Yeah. So it was, I mean, a bit dramatic maybe, but it was... It, it brought could a have message happened anywhere in the summer, because, as well, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, you know, when you survive 15 of those winters, yeah. um, and the first... First, like ten of them uh, were great. I loved the snow. It was crisp. It was clean. It the it, 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 it used to sparkle when it would be falling in the lights. It was beautiful, yeah. lovely. Nice. But here you just get out of wet, yeah. heavy, sludgy shit, right? Yeah. And um, but so I liked that there. But after a few years, of that man had got a bit old. So if you ask me, would I? I would go back to Rochester even to for the weather. Yeah. But. I would still want to get out of there a month or two every every mm. winter, yeah. just like I'd like to get a month or two out of Arizona every summer. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're extremes, and that's another thing about about Arizona. Arizona is an extreme place for extreme people yeah. who either are all in or they're all out. Like, they're how do you mean? Like, um. um just talking about um, people who can take the climate, are we talking about socially kind of like um, either you are a full-blown hippie or not, you're a full-blown cowboy or not? Is it more in that sense you mean it? Or? 
I, I don't know if it's, I'd say a bit like that. You know, I mean, like there's, like they'll get into their cowboy stuff. People will get so, into yeah. their roles hmm? that you'd think, oh God, that's a bit much, man. That's a bit pathetic. Yeah, you know? The Stetsons and the boots. Yeah, and all that. you know, and the yeah. boots and you can hardly walk in them and stuff, <laughs> right? And they've got the big horns on the front of their car. Oh yeah, the cars, they are massive, aren't they? The what? The cars are massive there. Well, not anymore. No? No, not so much anymore. Because, no. I mean, petrol was so cheap and they all had those V8 engines like they were. The engines are still, I mean, probably the biggest thing now would be the, um, not the biggest, but one of the biggest petrol guzzler things would be the V8 Toyota Tundras, yeah. something like that. I mean, there's still that, that take a sledgehammer to crack a nut thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We've got all these V6 yeah. V8s, but cars are cheap in America wheels, well, yeah. and all they, the busiest thing they do is they yeah. take the kids to soccer practice. <laughs> yes. yeah. Mum goes to Costco, yeah. buys the week's groceries, puts you know. Of course, it's run. overkill. Like oh, totally, uh, yeah. totally. But um, and, and what about like you're living in Phoenix itself? Like that's that's a city. Like yeah. we were talking a couple of hundred thousand people. I would imagine. I've no idea. Phoenix has five million. Whoa. Yeah, oh, Phoenix is the fifth like. largest city in the States. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is big, yeah. like. Yeah. And is it really sprawled out? Or do totally you have sprawled out. Like, it's not, not a lot of skyscrapers in it. Yeah. It's probably it's probably 40 to 50 miles from one end of it to the other. Oh. Right? Wow. And maybe 40 north to south. Uh, but it's 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 you know it's a bit like Dublin, Ranel and Tala yeah. and Fibsborough and that. There's you've got you've got Buckeye on one end, all the way to Apache Junction. And they all have their own little yeah. centers, like yeah. if you want, Tempe, like, yeah. Chandler, Scottsdale, Ahwatukee. Yeah. And what's the what's the cost of living like compared to to here now? I mean, you're back often enough, like you could somewhat compare it. I think petrol, diesel is really cheap, like. Uh, what about groceries and all that? Is that comparable or is it a lot cheaper? Everything to is there? expensive here. Yeah, Ireland is expensive. Everything though. is expensive. Yeah. I compare I, to I mean, I, 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 I don't even know if I could afford to live here. Yeah. I, I really don't know if I could. Or I should say, I don't know if I'd be willing yeah. to live here. I don't know if I could. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, and when when you're on holidays, you're not really thinking you. Yeah, no, that's holidays. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Here, take it out of that. Yeah, yeah another bit of plastic. Yeah. What a week over on. But it's like living there is cheaper. Like yeah. Lots cheaper. Yeah. And and you can if if you're frugal. Yeah. You can live really 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 cheap. Yeah. You know they do all these sales and things like that there. Yeah. yeah, you can live real cheap over there if you want to. Um, I don't know if, if the same. Frugalness is here. You know, if the same, if the, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking. Prices are just prices here. Well, the trouble is, um, like I lived in Ireland now for off and on over thirty years, and um, like things have gotten a lot more expenses, expensive. But what really made a difference, like. Say whatever your wages were thirty years ago, like um, I always measure it um, how much a pint would cost me, yeah. And the percentage of my wages the pint would cost me 
was insignificant. You know, you could really go pointing and as, a, as an ordinary worker, like, you know, and well, you save your money somewhere else, like car insurances, for example, were always expensive, like, but um, people have less of a choice now. There are cheaper supermarkets out there and a lot of people now in this climate need to, out of necessity, kind of shop with Aldi and Lidl instead of doing stores, like, um, but I don't know how some people manage. I, I really have yeah. no idea because yeah. just accommodation alone, like, you know, eats so much out of your salary uh -huh. that um, buying a house, putting the mortgage down, saving up is, is virtually impossible for this generation that's coming onto the market now, onto the labor market. Yeah. You know, even if they have jobs and reasonably well-paid jobs, no, you can't save up in, in order in five years' time to have the deposit to go to the bank and say, I'd like a mortgage, please. It's just impossible. And I don't know how people do it. Yeah. You know, school books and uniforms and you name it, everything is fucking expensive. Yeah. And when I compare that to Berlin, like um, it, it doesn't compare at all. You know, just the, the absolute necessities you have to pay for are so bloody humongous that I don't know how people do it. Like it's here, you mean here in Ireland? Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah. But I meant to ask you something else. Um, like, you can talk about it um, because you're fucking off to the States again. But um, I'm sticking my neck out here. Um, like, smoking weed in Arizona, is that legal now? Totally. Totally. So you just totally. go into a shop like you would buy a can of beer here in Ireland. You go Absolutely. And I'd like Absolutely. whatever it is like. Yeah. And yeah. do you think it's a good thing? I, I would presume you would because... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, strangely enough, I don't smoke it. Yeah. I haven't smoked weed in years, and I I believe that if you're if you're a person who can't take things and leave things, yeah. you're probably better off not smoking weed. Yep, probably better off not drinking Guinness yeah. either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, absolutely. Um, and if you're talking to somebody who abused both weed and Guinness. Yeah. Um. So, and that's part of the reason why Arizona kind of suits me. I'm either all in. Yeah. Or I'm all oh, okay. Yeah. There's nowhere in between. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Right? Yeah. So but no the weed the weed is the weed is a party thing. Right? Um weed is something to be enjoyed. Yeah. I mean there's nothing like a pint yeah. of Guinness. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing like that first pint of Guinness. Absolutely. But when you have to have the ten or twelve every day. Yeah. then it's not the same sure. thing anymore, sure. right? And the weed is just the same. But just because something's not there, yeah. it doesn't mean that the person who wants 10 or 12 yeah. or something every day yeah. isn't going and getting this 10 or 12 something somewhere, yeah. taking it, grabbing it, sneaking it. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, 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 it's an unfortunate thing that... so. Weed, weed, I mean, weed, things are, the microphone's just a microphone, yeah. right? If I have to, like, start threatening people to yeah. kind of change this a little bit. So weed is just, How you use it? it's like daffodils, it's like fuchsia, yeah. it's like ivy, it's like holly. Yeah. It's just another substance that was presented yeah. to us to... Um, make use of, yeah. you know, and um, so it's it's interesting. I don't think it's. I mean, if if my kids, I mean, if my kids have to do something ten times a day, mm. 
Does I have to be addicted to something? I would rather they were addicted to weed, yeah. right, than alcohol. Because, I mean, people don't get do the same crazy stuff. But, I mean, that's kind of apples and oranges. Uh, and so that, that answer your question. Well, um, the question was really, does it work over there? Does it, oh, I mean, they, oh, they does it work? Let me tell you something. charge taxes? Let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It doesn't work. It saved the lives of five, possibly six people. Me. I was a home husband during the summertime. Wife would go to work. Mother and my, my baby's mommy would go to work. I'd be at home. There's four kids from zero to six, all in between different series or stages of nappies. Mm. And back then they were nappies. When you, well, you had when to wash them, like shit all over them. Yeah. They were like, oh, and I did that there, right? And I've done that, but two. And everybody, everybody. I mean, people are just going to cry about this, but. Selfish, misogynist, whatever. But kids, man, small kids, four one after the other. <laughs> Everybody, somebody was always hungry. Yeah. Somebody was always thirsty. Somebody had always just shit themselves. You know, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was, I, I, I just wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. Anyway, instead of doing that there, man, what I would just do was, because I had my own supply, yeah. I would just skin one up, I'd head to the bathroom, I'd lock the bathroom door, I'd light that bad boy up, and I'd be sitting in there reading in the bog and smoking my head off. Yeah. And as soon as I'd come out, and the door would open, and the smoke would be belching out, and there'd be some little creature standing there in the hall, and I'd have a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. Hey, what can I do for you? Yeah, you can. What is there yeah. anything I can I yeah. clean your arse? Can I get you a yogurt? Yeah. Can I clean up yeah. the mess you've just yeah. you know? So it took the edge off. Yeah. I should say it took the edge off the edge. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's so that was it's you know yeah. for some people it does it works yeah. it's it's you know I mean I, I once again I don't think there could be anything. More relaxing than a pint of Guinness. Yeah, it's no, it's funny because um, in Germany, there um, at the moment, the government wants to legalize marijuana for recreational purposes. Um, you know, and basically just sell it in shops, and they get uh, they have a tax intake on that. Everybody happy takes that element out of the um, sort of the criminal element of at least that section of the market. So I'm all for it. Now, funny enough, I grew up in West Berlin in the 70s and 80s. Drugs were all over the place. I never smoked weed, took any pills or did any of that. I'm a fierce drinker. I smoke and I may have had a drag of a doobie um, when I was younger, maybe five times. It just didn't work for me. I was so happy with beer. I just liked the taste of beer. I wouldn't even be into the liquors. Um, to me, beer was always the thing like you know I just love it um, and most of my friends actually I have to this day like um, they're all smoking weed and they say the same thing it's more relaxing you know it's it's 
there's no aggression, there is, um, you know, people might even fall asleep or laugh their heads off, they might get the, the munchies, um, but ultimately it's something that seems to um, work for a lot of people. Not for everyone, of course, but um, now the German government tries to legalize that because prohibition didn't work in places like Berlin and Hamburg and Frankfurt. It was wasn't enforced in 30 or 40 years you know just <laughs> what harm like and the police didn't want the extra work and now it seems to be common up that this is going to be just as regular product as beer in the shops in Germany there's still some legislation to be sorted out but the political will is there and you hear about Ireland there seems to be quite a drug problem with pills something in form of smarties you know and that's always the thing which i thought geez i'm not going to touch that because i don't know what's in it at mm. least with beer or with wheat which i just didn't get into like but I, I wish i could have like wasn't for me but at least i can gauge with beer like you know well if i drink one that's going to have that effect if i drink five that's going to have that effect and 10 and 12 and 15 and 20 i kind of gradually know where this is going like and you can kind of ease yourself into the use of it has all its pitfalls and there's addiction and there are lots of problems with that but um I would say that uh, legalization for of at least marijuana in Ireland would be a good thing because it would take the criminal element to some degree out of the market and um, people are doing shit anyway. Prohibition doesn't work. You know, just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's not done. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, that's the tail wagging the dog a little bit. I think there's a lot of other things attached to the prohibition end of it. Do you know, it's it's a little bit like, you know, who would make a carrot illegal? Right, yeah. well, okay, well, there's a big difference between a carrot and weed. Not really. You know, somewhere in between, somebody gets to decide, well, cabbages are all right, leeks are all right. Oh, I don't know about mushrooms. I've heard some stories about the mushrooms, man. No, I don't think we're going to do the mushrooms. And then you start getting into all this shit. You know, it's like, leave people alone. Yeah. If somebody wants to go and drink themselves to cirrhosis of the liver, let them at it. Yeah. Let them at it. Okay, now, okay, they don't need to be driving cars. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be coming home beating up the wife. You mm -hmm. can do, but you're not stopping them drinking. You're stopping them from beating his wife or you're stopping them from driving a car. That's yeah. a different thing. Yeah. You're not stopping them getting in the way of him and on his way to self-destruction. Yeah. Yeah. There's people, there's people, and Ireland doesn't escape this, is where life is so hard. It's just so hard that they got to find a way out. Mm. And some people would call it suicide. Other people would call it self-destruction through... Whatever uh, substance yeah, abuse. And back to yeah. the carrot. Yeah, you're not going to self-destruct with a carrot. But still. Anyway, that whole, you know, kind of telling people what yeah. they shouldn't, shouldn't do. It's, it's yeah. kind of... It's, it's like you say, prohibition doesn't work. It, it, and there's something not, there's something not wholesome about getting into that yeah. and having police do stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's like, anyway, th 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 that's what I think the weed thing is. It's it's 
because then you start, I mean, you talk about sticking your neck out. I'll stick my neck out a little bit on this one, right? Is you do, you, you've got the psychedelics, you've got the mushrooms, you've yeah. got the ayahuasca, you've got the DMT, you got whatever. And, and those, the, 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 the things, so there's, there's a theory, man, right, that the, the, long before Jesus got here, guys were having mystical experiences, yeah. right? And, and they were having religious ceremonies. And the religious ceremony of was where one would make contact with God, whatever mm-hmm. contact with, with the spiritual other realms. Yeah, right. And these guys, man, they were taken. They had their mushrooms. They had their ayahuasca. Oh, they were tripping. DMT. They were tripping out. Yeah. Aristotle, Plato. These guys were hanging out somewhere in Greece and they were doing their thing. But here's the, the interesting bit, right? The powers that be, this is before, so nobody can get all fired up about Catholics or Protestants or anything else. This is before all of that. Yeah. They had their pagan, the, they call it, there's a book out and it's called The Religion With No Name. Yeah. Right? What were they doing? But they cottoned on we don't want everybody having a spiritual experience because if everybody has a spiritual experience, there's no need for us yeah. doling out the spiritual experience. We would have no followers. Everybody would be just I know it's a, it's, it's a control thing. You see? Of course. I mean, um, yeah. organize some, maybe a religion, maybe a state, maybe any kind of community, build a hierarchy. There's always someone on top of the hierarchy yeah. who says it how it yeah. goes. Yeah. Uh, it's, so... I'm going to say, rest my case on that one. Yeah. It's, just, it's just interesting. I mean, if you really look at it, why, why are we mess? You know, why don't we get, I mean, if you really want to do something, yeah. take the homeless people off the streets. Yeah. You know, do something for, for kids that have a hard time, have no parents. You know, there's lots of things that we can be doing. Lots of things we could be legislating for. Yeah. Right, without worrying about that, or about yeah. a weed or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But uh, actually, um, when was the last time before now that you've been back to Ireland? I was actually back here um, in, I'd say it was April. All oh, right, right. Yeah. So, because what shocked me when we came back, we came back in 2019 and... Um, like, okay, then there was the lockdown and all this. So basically we went out again in, say, Dublin, Galway. We went to Cork there one weekend as well um, in, was it 21 or 22? Whenever we could go out again, like whenever that was, I think it was in late 21, um, the amount of homeless people on the streets uh, in the cities in Ireland, that was something that I found actually shocking. Like, I mean, Dublin always had its rough spots, like even 20, 30 years ago when I first came here. Like, but the amount of people on cardboard in sleeping bags, like everywhere in, in cities now, that's somewhere I went, whoops, it ups, what's going on here? Like, was that something you kind of, that dawned on you as well when you came back in one of your visits to Ireland? Not in Ireland. Not in Ireland. Your, your homeless is... Um, undercover almost, I would suggest to you, right? Just, you don't see much of it around here anyway, Galway and places. 
But the, Dublin, the last time I was home, first time in my whole life I felt threatened wandering around Dublin. Yeah. There was guys, man, and there's just people like giving you the eye, you know, yeah, that yeah. what you're looking at look, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I definitely noticed that. Now, maybe I was a bit paranoid myself or whatever, but I, I didn't, didn't feel happy in Dublin. But coming from Arizona, you see, man, we have a... We, I think I think it's it's I think everyone would agree that during recessions, yeah, right, that at the end of the recession there's more millionaires at the end of a recession than what there was at the beginning, yeah. right? At the COVID same deal, more people made more money yeah. out of not out of COVID but during COVID. Yeah, yeah a lot of people went bust. But a lot of people made a lot of money. Yeah. So where you have, whenever, when people are making more money on one end, there's going to be people making less money oh, on the other end. Yeah. And when you've got people making seriously more money, then you're going to have seriously poor people. as well. Yeah. People who, that you're talking about, can't get their house together. Yeah. They're the new poor, yeah. right? Um so that's a that's a big social that's a bigger social that's a bigger social problem in America than it is in Ireland because you don't have the safety net there that's here. So yeah. a long answer to your question, I wouldn't notice it here, man. But it, it's a serious serious yeah. problem in the states. Yeah. Very very. It's it's awful, man. I mean, it's just awful. Every time you drive up to a traffic light, there's somebody standing there in a hundred and what is it, 40 plus degrees of heat? Yeah. Begging. Oh, fucking horrible. That's yeah. brutal. But um, so looking back now, which we've done uh, for the last while, um, where was the best place you lived in, as in if you were 20 now again and you could just basically pick, not necessarily lifestyle, but a place where you could set up your life again? Where would it be? Because you've been around. I. I you're 20 now, and money is not the object. You can carve out your own life, but you could choose now. Well, you see, it would depend on one's needs at the time. And, and maybe not even so much one's needs, but one's desires at the time. You're 20. Right? You're just starting I'm out. I'm 20. You're just starting oh, out. 20. 20. Old to be 20. Um, and not even really that way. I mean, I would have to say to you, it's not about where you live. It's more about how I'm living. Yeah. Right? Um, and, I would, and, and for people who are getting on a bit, I think one of the nice things about getting older is you've been there, you've seen that, you've done that, yeah. you've lived there, you've left there, You've had a bit of money, you lost a bit of money, yeah. you got into a bit of trouble, you got out of the trouble. All these things have all have all have happened. And it's it's it it comes down to how one reacts to whatever situation one is in. Yeah. At that particular time. That will dictate whether this is a good place or not. Yeah. But Without being in the 20 thing, being older, man, has 
has some serious advantages. Oh, it does. Now, people will get up and give you a seat in a bus. Uh, <laughs> I'm right? not at that stage yet, but I'm no, not far but from it. it. Well, it's only happened to me once or twice, too. <laughs> but it's still kind of sweet, you know. Yeah. And I was in the bank the other day, and um, I was I had been locked out of my account because I didn't put the right password in yeah. three times in a row, and yeah. they want to beat me to death <laughs> and never let me do internet banking again because of how stupid I was. Anyway, so this really nice woman, man, she came over, she could, and she there she was, she was doing it all for me. <laughs> she was doing it all for me and I was letting it all happen yeah. and I knew why she was doing it she says ah, this old fart's never going to get this he's never going to get this right but she could have got it because I'm not that bad technologically yeah. really yeah. you know I can if I have to yeah. if I have to get it done I'll get it done so yeah. so it, that's and, and also one is not a threat yeah right um, so yeah I, I don't know about the being the 20 anymore even man really or where, but I'll tell you, Ireland's a great country. There's no doubt about it, man. Ireland's a great country. America's a great country, yeah. and and we are living in times now. You ask. Here's a here's the thing for you. I would say to you that if you were able to go back in time, back to the Middle Ages, back to Christ times, back to what's it called? Uh, revolutionary times, you know, yep. Easter rising times, whatever times you wanted to go yeah. back to, right? All through history, you would pick today. Oh, you this would. This is the day. Absolutely. This is the day. Fantastic, and, isn't and, it? And if you wouldn't pick the place that you're living in to be in, yeah. then you need to get the hell out of there. You so, know, I mean, if you wouldn't pick Ireland and I wouldn't pick sure. America, yeah. I mean, I... So, I mean, I would be tempted to say, "Oh, I'd love to live in the West. I'd love to live. I'd love. I'd love to live on the coast of Ireland." So I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd. I'd love here. I'd love there. But that's all romantic bullshit. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking through the rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. But but it's still. You know, if you're here, man, and it's and you don't yeah. think it's the best place in the world to be, yeah. Yeah. then move on. 